Hisvadus Chassidim. Thirty years ago, the Jewish world, and especially Lubavitcher Chassidim, received a devastating blow. On Chafzai and other 5752, the Rebbe had a stroke while standing at the aisle, and no longer spoke Sikhas Amaymarim to a world desperately thirsting for the Mayanis of Chassidus and the clear authoritative direction the Rebbe always gave. In years since, Chassidim have stayed true to the Rebbe's mission and kept our Muna in the Rebbe's words repeated so many times in those final months before the stroke, that the coming of Mashiach is literally at our doorstep. It remains up to us to only finish the last few tasks and make the Geula physical reality. To gain some insight and inspiration to continue our work and hear a little more about the feelings of Chassidim at the time before and after Chavzai and Adar, we sat down with two Chassidim, both of whom served as Chazim of the Rebbe during that period, to share some thoughts with our readers. If I bring with Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson of Muncie, New York, and Rabbi Avram Mann of Toronto, Canada. Reflecting on the Rebbe Sichas of Winter 5752, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson, Muncie, New York. Rabbi Jacobson, please share some background information about how you got involved in the Chazara process in the later years, and what was your role in it during the months leading up to Chavzai and other. I was born in Sivan 5732, so in the months before Chavzai and other, I was 19 years old. The way I got started with Chazara was as follows. My brother, Reb Simon, was doing Chazara since 5737, and he brought me in to help some years later. The truth is that I did my first Chazara already as a very young child, even before my Bar Mitzvah. I remember one year, Reb Mendel Futterfas asked me to review the Rebbe's Sichas on the night of Sukkis for him, and that's how I got started. As I got older, I started helping my brother with his job doing Chazara. Publicly, I started doing Chazara in 5750. It was Shabbos Parshas Bay Yud Shvat 5750, when the Rebbe celebrated 40 years since Yud Shvat. At the Shabbos Fabringen, the Rebbe requested that in honor of the milestone of our Bayim Shana, everyone should establish a new Moisit. Rabbi Menachem Gorlitsky approached me on Matzah Shabbos after the Rebbe finished Maev and asked, New, what's your new Moisit? I replied that I am a young Bachar and I don't think the Rebbe meant that even I was supposed to establish a Moisit. I was learning in Yeshiva and that is my job. He insisted that if a Bachar had the opportunity to open a Moisit, it was his duty. He suggested that I should start doing Chazara every Matzah Shabbos on the hookah. This way, people all around the world could tune in and hear the Rebbe's Fabrengans fresh immediately after Shabbos by calling in the WLCC hookup lines. With that, he schlepped me over to WLCC and informed Reb Chaim Baruch Halberstam and Reb Yenison Hackner that I would be doing Chazara every week on the telephone from now on. Indeed, many communities of Anash around the world would call in and listen to my Chazara, including Kfar Chabad, Yerushalayim, Miami, Montreal, and other places. In the last few months before Chavzai and Adar, the Rebbe delivered many Sichas, even more than usual for those years. What comes to mind as some of the themes the Rebbe touched upon in those Sichas? In the last few months, a major theme emphasized by the Rebbe time and again that I remember is the concept of Achtus. Firstly, the tremendous achtus that every Yid has with Hashem and with other Yidin. During those months, the Rebbe also spoke about the infinite greatness and limitless holiness of each and every Jew 
in ways that he never did before, to my knowledge. The Rebbe also spoke about the unique qualities of the Yiddish Guf in extraordinary ways, explaining how the body of a Jew embodies the deepest core essence of Hashem. The Rebbe was revealing how every Yiddish Neshama and every Yiddish Guf are completely beyond darkness and toxicity. The Rebbe also spoke a lot about the Achtus of the Yesh HaNivra, the material created reality with the Yesh HaMiti, the one and true reality, the Creator Himself. The Rebbe elaborated on the intrinsic connection between the physical body and Atmos, Hashem's very essence, and in general, the unification of the world and Hashem in the most amazing of ways. Basically, the Rebbe was introducing the concept of Geula, a world of absolute oneness, a world where there is no external or internal conflict, a reality in which you realize that the Yetzirah is just waiting for transformation. No person will feel horrible about himself or distant, none of that. The Rebbe, it seems to me, was teaching us how to live right now with a Geula consciousness, a Geula world. A Geula world is a reality where a person's consciousness is one with Hashem, and in which I see myself as an ambassador of infinity. I am never a part of the problem, I am a part of the solution. I am not a victim of Gaulus, I am the solution to bring the Geula into Gaulus. The Rebbe also spoke often how history has reached a new era, where the light of the Geula is already present, and we need to open our eyes to new reality and a new Avaidah. Not many understood what the Rebbe meant, but it was clear that the Rebbe was speaking in a way that was different than in earlier years. What was unique about the Shabbos Fabrengans at that time? Did they differ from previous years? The Shabbos Fabrengans in the last few years changed dramatically. In the previous years, the Rebbe's Fabrengans had a much clearer structure. Each Sikha would start with one particular point in a Kuda, and then it would develop throughout the Sikha. In the last few years, starting with 5749, it was hard to sense the structure. Each sicha seemed to be compromised of many various nekudas. The Rebbe might start a sicha talking about the parish of the week, and then immediately launch into a heartfelt brachas for the imminent coming of Mashiach, and then go on to something else entirely. In one sicha, the Rebbe could cover a hundred brief points. Additionally, the Rebbe spoke much more concisely to the point that it was often difficult to grasp the ideas he was saying because the Rebbe would not elaborate, and he would just say, as discussed in previous years or in the previous Fabringen. In previous years, there was a very clear structure to each Sichel, and there was also a fairly predictable structure to the whole Fabringen. The first two Sichas were usually on the theme of the week, like the Parsha, a holiday, an upcoming special day, etc. Then there was a Mimer, usually a Mimer Kane Sichel, then there was the Rashi Sicha, questions on a Rashi from that week's Parsha, questions on the Rebbe's father's notes to the Zayar, Pirkiyavis in the summer, and in later years on the daily Dambam as well. After laying out all these questions, the Rebbe would usually give out Mashke to people making events, then the Rebbe would answer all the questions from the previous Sichas. Occasionally, there may have been an additional Sicha with a timely Haida like prepare for the summer by ensuring that all kids are enrolled in proper camps or to prepare for the upcoming Yom Tif by arranging all the Miftayim needs and so on. But in the later years, the structure no longer existed. The Rebbe also stopped saying Maimarim, besides a few exceptions, and stopped giving Rashi Sichas and Zayar Sichas. 
Can you describe the sense of anticipation for the Gula that built up over the years? Indeed, there was a tremendous anticipation. The expressions that Ebbe used about the imminence of the Gula were very intense, very powerful. These were words we never heard before. There is no question that there was a tremendous anticipation for the coming of Mashiach, especially amongst the Bachrim who were immersed in the Rebbe Sichas. Can you talk a little bit about the Rebbe's health at the time leading up to Chavzayin Adar? While all this was going on, together with the great excitement about the coming of Mashiach, we also observed things the Rebbe did that year that were different. We all know the Rebbe's famous Sicha on Gimel Shvat about the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe suffered in his last years from deteriorating health, most significantly debilitated speech. I remember standing next to my friend, Shaul Vyshetsky, after that sicha, and noting that this is scary. Nobody actually thought that the Rebbe was intimating Shalom, something that was about to happen, but it was nevertheless very strange that the Rebbe would talk about this subject on a random day. The truth is, looking back now, there were other hints in the Rebbe's sichas of that time. For example, on Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe spoke about the special connection between the Tzemach Tzedek and his son, the Rebbe Maharash, both of whom passed away on the 13th of the month, the Tzemach Tzedek on Yud Gimel Nisan, and the Rebbe Maharash on Yud Gimel Tishrei. The Rebbe explained that the Tzemach Tzedek, to some degree, appointed the Rebbe Maharash to be his successor, because he knew that it is possible that the coming of Mashiach wouldn't materialize, and there would be a La'afer Tashuv, the Hastakos. At the same Fabringen, the Rebbe quoted the words in Shulchan Aruch that a person should blow the Shefer until his face turns red. Why does this occur? Through the intense effort in blowing the Shefer, blood rises to the face of the blower. But then the Rebbe added, when the blood flows through, it should not diminish the health of the blower at all. On the contrary, his health will only get better in the process. The Rebbe was basically describing the process of a stroke. Then, on the first day of Sukkot, the Rebbe stood for more than six hours, watching every chassid come by and shake his lulav and esterik. I will never forget the seriousness on the Rebbe's face at that occasion. In retrospect, it seemed to me that the Rebbe was saying goodbye to each and every one and filling us up with energy and kachis to not only endure, but to grow and prosper and change the world. Shemini Atzeres night, the Rebbe suddenly said a sicha after Maidiv, going through each letter of the Aleph base. The Rebbe gave brachas for the upcoming year, and when he reached the letter Pei, he said a year of Pedia, redemption, especially in the realm of reciting Torah with the Peh, the mouth. This was a highly unusual term for the Rebbe to use. Again, no one predicted that something undesirable was going to happen, but later in that year, after Chavzai and Adar, we started seeing things in this perspective. Another incredible sikha that comes to mind was said the night before Hishayin Rabbah 5752. The Rebbe said that the title Admur, which is usually only reserved for a Rebbe, has now become accessible for each and every Jew. The Rebbe's words were shocking. In fact, the Rebbe himself said that this is a shocking concept. Yet we say in Davening on Yom Tev, Banu that the words of the Pasuk, which is stated about Mashiach, should be fulfilled in each and every one of us. All these years later, we go back and realize that perhaps the Rebbe was empowering each and every one of us 
to become a conduit for the Rebbe, that from now on, the light and love of the Rebbe should shine through each and every chassid in his and her daily life. Of course, I recall Shabbos Parshas Neach when the Rebbe suddenly declared seven times, Hashem Hu Elikim, like at the end of Yom Kippur. This too was very unusual. I don't think it ever happened before, as far as I know. I recall that in 5752, the Rebbe mentioned the story about a hill parasher twice. It happened once that there was no visible moon, and he asked the Tzemach Tzedek for a blessing, that the moon should appear for him to do Kiddush Levana. He later said that now, in his older age, had the moon not come out, he would have not have survived. It was strange that the Rebbe shared the story, and twice, in Tishrei and Cheshrin 5752. But later I learned that in other Aleph of that year, the moon did not come out in time for the Rebbe to do Kiddush Levana. It is above my capacity to understand what all this means. I am just sharing some things we spoke about at the time. Was there a unique theme in the Sichas through the month of Adar Aleph? Yes, there was a tremendous focus on the fact that the month of Adar is referred to a time when Bari Masli, the fortune of Yidin, is stronger. The Rebbe repeated this theme, elaborating on the importance that a Yid should always be healthy, both in Guf and in Neshama. The Rebbe also spoke about living with Harchava, with vastness and a broad mind, that Yidin should be rich, both spiritually and even materially. It fit right into the theme of Gula consciousness, living in a mindset and in a world where heaven and earth converge, where spiritual abundance and physical abundance are all one. The Rebbe also spoke about Bittu B'Shishim, that with 60 days of other this year, all the undesirable things are nullified. The Rebbe generally spoke amazingly about the virtue of the Jewish people and how each Jew is higher than Teda. The Rebbe, in the second to last Fabringen, presented a sweeping sicha about the entire journey of Jewish history and how even the sins of the Jewish people were somehow part of the plan. When these various points were mentioned in the sichas again and again, what feeling did they arouse? Fear? Excitement? Joy? Yes, there was excitement, there was joy. But truthfully, as Bachrim and even myself, who was involved in listening to the Rebbe and doing Chazara afterwards, we didn't really understand the full depth of what the Rebbe was saying. But it was very uplifting. The Rebbe's words brought tremendous excitement. On the other hand, we saw that the Rebbe was physically weaker. The way the Rebbe walked, the way he spoke, we could see that the Rebbe's health was declining. I remember this one incident very well. One evening, my father wasn't well, and I went to Rabbi Label Groner's office to ask him to notify the Rebbe and ask for a bracha. I happened to be standing there when the Rebbe came back from the aisle and walked into his room through Rabbi Groner's office. It was, for me, a scary sight to see. The Rebbe was completely hunched, walking very, very slowly, the likes of which I have never seen before. The Rebbe was holding the large brown bag and seemed so tired. And then, ten minutes later, the Rebbe came downstairs from Minchal, and he was like a different person. The Rebbe was walking straight, encouraging the singing with his hand and generating such simcha. I was amazed. Privately, the Rebbe seemed so tired. But when the Rebbe appeared in front of the Chassidim, even after fasting and standing all day on his feet, he was like a king. The last mimer that the Rebbe gave out was Va'ata Tzitzave, 
Was there a discussion about the uniqueness of this mimer and its application at the time when the Rebbe gave it out? It was a new mimer, and like every new Torah that came out from the Rebbe, the guys learned it and discussed it. I don't recall that we sensed anything unique about it immediately at the time. Obviously, we all learned the mimer. It's a very special mimer discussing the depth of Amuna and the role of a Nasi in each generation. I heard from Rabbi Chaim Shaul Brook of Lahaka Nachis that after every mimer was published, he would write a duch to the Rebbe about where it was sent, how it was disseminated, etc. The answer to the duch about Va'atatatave was different than usual. I also heard from Rabbi Chaim Baruch Halberstam of WLCC that when he wrote to the Rebbe about the hookups of the weekly sikhs during the last month, he also received an answer that was different than usual. Can you tell us about the Fabregan of Shabbos Parshas Vayakel, two days before Chavzayin Adar? What was unique about this Fabregan? Did you realize at the time that was something special? I will never forget Shabbos Parshas Vayakel 5752. I kid you not, immediately after Shabbos, I told a friend of mine that this Fabringen was different. In many ways, this last Fabringen reflected those of the earlier years. Firstly, the Rebbe spoke much louder than usual. You could hear the Rebbe's voice even from far away. Secondly, the first sikh was much longer than usual. It was a close to an hour long. Also, the Rebbe explained the concepts with more harchava, and there was a clear binyan, a structure to the sikha. This was a different type of fabringen. The first sikha was a meridika sikha. I still remember as the Rebbe walked into the fabringen, his opening words were, In yedin inin in Torah, saying dakama vakamid in In every area of Torah, there are many allusions and lessons. In many years, the parshis of Ayako and Pekudi are read together in one week. The fact that the parshis are separated this year contains illusions and lessons for us. Namely, sometimes the community and the individual need to come together at the same time, but sometimes you need to stress the importance of the collective before you get to each individual. The Rebbe explained this point at great length and enumerated how it spells itself out in a person's own avoida, within himself, how it spells itself out in the avoida between one yid and another, and how it sp- applies to our Veda with the entire world around us. There were many side points and anecdotes with beautiful biyurim throughout the Sikha as well. For example, I remember the Rebbe asking, why do we start the day with the words, It would seem more sensible to say, I give thanks to you. The Rebbe explained with an amazing Chiddush, A Yid is always one with Hashem. Like the Ramam says in Hilchas Gedoshin, deep down, every Yid always wants to do only what Hashem wants. It is only that sometimes the Yitzhahara gets in his way and persuades the Yid to do what is not in his own best interest. But that's only during the day. At night, when a person is asleep, the Yitzhahara is also asleep. So a Yid goes back to his natural state of only wishing to do what Hashem wants. So immediately when he wakes up, the first thing he says is Maida. He lays himself down before Hashem. The concept of Ani, the I, does not exist yet. Ayid is still in a state of oneness with Hashem. The Rebbe concluded, and I'll never forget this, the Rebbe gave a scream. Iker. Is there is the Zeit, Eif Chapin Zich von Schlafen. 
Now is the time to wake up from our sleep. I remember that when I wrote up the Hanukkah for this Rebbeinian, even though I was writing it in Lashon HaKadosh, I had to include many of the Yiddish expressions from the original. It was really a very, very special Febringen. The Rebbe also spoke about how none of the Chabad Rebbeim ever visited Eretz Yisrael. Even the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe said, went there simply because he could not go to the burial places of his predecessors in Russia. This too was quite unusual. Can you tell us a bit about the day of Chavzayin Adar itself? Where were you and what was going through your mind? The truth is, I barely ever went by the Rebbe for dollars. But on that Sunday, 26 other Aleph, I was scheduled to leave for Eretz Yisrael for a cousin's wedding. So I decided to go by and get the Rebbe's bracha before my trip. I remember watching the Rebbe distribute the dollars and giving personal attention to each and every person. It was something I really, if ever, saw from up close. Right before my turn, I told Rabbi Label Groner that I was traveling to Eretz Yisrael that night. When my turn came, the Rebbe gave me a dollar and wished me bracha and atzlacha. Rabbi Label told the Rebbe that I was leaving that night to Eretz Yisrael, and the Rebbe handed me a second dollar and said, Upgeben of tzedakah in Eretz HaKadosh. Give it tzedakah in the Holy Land. By the time I passed by the Rebbe, it was already close to the end of the distribution, 6 or 6.30 in the evening. Standing in line right before me was a small girl who said, Rebbe Milubavich, I love you. And the Rebbe broke out in an unbelievable smile, gave the girl an extra dollar and said, This is for your love. Today you can see this exchange on video. I flew out that Sunday after midnight, arrived in Eretz Yisrael Monday evening, and went to Teres Emes in Yerushalayim. Having not slept all Matzah Shabbos due to my writing of the Fabringen and not sleeping on the plane, I was exhausted and laid down to take a nap. Around midnight, someone woke me up and shared the news that the Rebbe fell at the oil. We immediately went to the Kesel Tadavin. Did you suddenly come to the realization that the Rebbe was hinting at this occurrence all along? No. Everyone was in total shock and startled. Our systems were disrupted. The Bachram in 770 started to make rotations of groups to recite Tehillim throughout all 24 hours of the day in the Zal upstairs. It was a very difficult time for us. Very, very hard. No one saw the Rebbe again until Shavuos, but most of us only saw the Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah 5753, more than a half a year later. It was very hard. The lives of all the Bachram were put on hold. There were conflicting rumors coming out of the Rebbe's room and truthfully, there was nobody to guide us or help us. On Sukkot 5753, the Rebbe was in the big shul again. I was standing right there, literally a few inches away from the Rebbe. The Rebbe's face was shining incredibly. It was something of another world. We sang some Nagunim, and then after about 20 minutes, they took the Rebbe back upstairs. We all said, that's how the revelation of Mashiach is going to look like. Interestingly, I was also there by Pesach Seder in 5753, when the Rebbe came out for Shveicha Mascha. There were only a few people present at the time, and the Rebbe's face was very radiant. It was really something special. We began singing, and the Rebbe encouraged it with his left hand. What is the message that you would like to relay that we can apply 30 years after the occurrence of Chav Zayin Adar? I think the Rebbe articulated the mandate of our generation that every person should realize how powerful and connected they are and how we are all completely one with Hashem, that all the darkness a person may feel 
is something external to their essence, which is always wholesome and divine. Every person should realize that they are a shliach of Hashem, an ambassador of the infinite light of Geula. And even if you are dealing with pain and challenges, it is all really an alarm clock to wake you up and realize who you are, a manifestation of Atmos, of Hashem's essence in the world, that you and I and each of us embody the deepest and most real connection possible. The Two Conflicting Approaches Rabbi Avraham Mann, Toronto, Canada A New Era I came to be by the Debe on Erev Shabbos HaGadol 5749. In 5752, I was 21 years old and enjoying the best years of my life, basking in the Debe's holy presence and listening to the Debe's Fabrengans each and every Shabbos. The truth is that in a certain sense, the time that I came to the Debe was the start of a new era in the Debe's Sichas in general. That first Shabbos I was in New York, the Debe gave a lengthy explanation on the meaning of Yud Aleph Nisan, based on the significance of the number 11 according to Chassidus, and how it applies to revealing the Yechida, the deepest part of the Neshama. This subject became a continued theme throughout the Rebbe's Sichas in the following years, as the Rebbe applied it to Yud Aleph Shvat as well in 5750, and also connected it with the Rebbe's Histalkus on Chav Be Shvat, in 5752, since Chav Beis is 11 times 2. That year, the Debe edited the Mimer B'yayim Hashtay Asr Yayim, 5731, which speaks about the wise man who chooses only the king himself, not being distracted by the various shiny objects or personalities in the king's court. It seemed that from this point on, the Debe was cheering with unprecedented Isis, about how to connect with the Rebbe himself in a deeper, more profound way than ever before. I remember that Yud Aleph Nisan as being very, very special. Yud Aleph Nisan occurred on a Matzah Shabbos, and the Rebbe was given the bracha on behalf of Hasidim in the big shul after Maidiv. The Rebbe's face was shining brightly, and the Hasidim was responded with such outpouring love. When the Rebbe left the shul, we all started singing the new nigan, Shir Mizmar and the Rebbe turned to all sides, encouraging the singing and dancing. It was quite an unforgettable moment. Today you can watch this event on video. It wasn't only the Bachrim who noticed this. My brother-in-law had brought a group of Bali Batim from California to 770 that Shabbos, and one of them commented to him that on that night he witnessed the great love between the Rebbe and Chassidim. There were other very interesting changes at that time, pertaining to Chassidim's connection with the Rebbe. There was a booklet that was published by the Bachrim called Beis Chayinu, about the going-ons in the Rebbe's presence, including summaries of the Sichas, many details about what the Rebbe did throughout each day, etc. In previous years, no one would ever dream that the Rebbe would show any attention to a project of this sort. But then, in the period before Chav Zayin Adar, the Rebbe was suddenly showing the editors of this booklet tremendous affection, even once writing to them, The more details, the better. A friend of mine, Baruch Kahana, who was involved in this project, wrote to the Rebbe at one point that he was thinking of stopping because it seemed to be interfering with his learning. But the Rebbe wrote to him that he should continue. In previous years, no one would ever have imagined this type of encouragement from the Rebbe.
It was fascinating that at the same time the Rebbe was incessantly talking about the Giula and preparing us for its arrival, the Rebbe was also allowing us to connect with the Rebbe at a very personal level. Perhaps this is also connected with the Rebbe's emphasis on Gilui Hayechida, the revelation of the deepest part of the Neshama. This special era in the Rebbe's Sichas continued to climb, bringing Hasidim to higher levels of consciousness as the time went on. The Rebbe was speaking so clearly about the Geula in ways that we never heard before, and the atmosphere among Hasidim changed. For example, it was the long-standing practice for many years that when the Rebbe's Shabbos afternoon fabringen began, after the Rebbe made Kiddush, Hasidim would sing the Kapitol Nigin of that year. But in Nisan of 5751, with all the anticipation for the Geula, we switched to Zolshin Zayin the Geula. With time, one of the Hasidim, I think it was Reb Kuti Rap, changed the words to as Kumshain the Geula, i.e. that Mashiach is already coming. It was a reflection of the way Hasidim felt at the time. It's also noteworthy that throughout this period, the Rebbe had a strong kach in Nisim, wonders and miracles. The Rebbe called upon us to implement Nisim into our own Avedah of Torah Mitzvahs, doing more than our perceived capabilities in a Nisim spirit. Geula at our doorstep. The final stretch leading up to Chav Zayn Adar was really incredible. In fact, I had a family wedding in Eretz Yisrael that winter. I wrote to the Rebbe that I had permission from the Anhala of the Yeshiva to travel for it, and I'm asking for the Rebbe's Haskama Ubracha. The Rebbe responded by circling both parts of my letter that I had permission and Haskama Ubracha, i.e., because I had permission. The Rebbe was giving me his consent and blessing, and added Askir al Hatsirin. So I left for Eretz Yisrael in the middle of Shvat. Then, all of a sudden, at the end of Shvat, I noticed that the Rebbe was starting to say Sichas almost every night of the week. I immediately changed my ticket and went back to New York right away to be with the Rebbe at this special time. An interesting side point. I got back to New York on Erev Shabbos, Parshas Teruma, and wrote a duch to the Rebbe about my visits, including the fact that I visited various yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael and did hafazas hamayonas, etc. I also noted that I gifted tzedakah pushkas to my younger siblings, nieces, and nephews. The next day, towards the beginning of the Fabrengen, the Rebbe mentioned that for the building of the third base of Migdash, children participated by contributing from their own personal money. The Rebbe added that this is especially applicable nowadays, when we educate our children to give tzedakah with their own money. For a moment, I thought that perhaps the Rebbe was giving me an answer to what I had written on my duch, about giving pushkas to my nieces and nephews. But then I dismissed that thought, casting doubt that the Rebbe would actually be addressing something I had written to him. Obviously, I had never dreamed that the Rebbe was going to give me a written response to the Duch. But a few days later, Rabbi Groner told me that the Rebbe had written something on the note I had submitted. The Duch I gave had two pages. On the general content of the letter, the Rebbe wrote, May you increase in bearing good news, the time is appropriate, a double other. And then on the first page, where I had written about the Tzedakah Pushkas, the Rebbe underlined that section and placed an arrow pointing it to the side, indicating 
that the Rebbe especially appreciated this part. I then realized that it was indeed possible that the fact that the Rebbe started the Fabrengen specifically with this point about children and tzedakah could have been in part because of what he read in my duch. I had the schuss in those years, together with my friend Ephraim Mintz, to write up a taxa, a summary of the Rebbe's Fabrengen each Shabbos right away on Matzei Shabbos. This way, Hasidim all around the world would have something fresh to learn immediately following Shabbos right after the Rebbe said it. Our organization was called Faxa Sicha. Faxa Sicha was Zeche that the Rebbe edited the summaries that they prepared a few times. The first time was on Matzah Shabbos Parshas Vayeda 5751, shortly after we started writing them. To us, it seemed like the Rebbe wanted to show his appreciation and encourage us in the new endeavor. A second time was Matzah Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev 5752. Interestingly, the Rebbe had spoken that week about the spiritual revolution in France, and he had mentioned that in certain aspects, Canada is also considered part of France, while some people actually want to make it a part of France again, etc. When we wrote this in our summary, the Rebbe added that, I don't get involved in politics. Hashem will certainly determine the best outcome based on the situation, etc. I.e., since this issue of Canada being part of France is a hotly debated political issue, the Rebbe didn't want to publicly comment on it. The third time was Matzah Shabbos Parshas Vayakil, the last Fabringen before Chavzayin Adar. Less than two months before Chavzayin Adar, the Rebbe said the famous Sicha on Gimel Shvat about the Friedrich Rebbe's health and specifically his diminished speech which affected his work of Afatis Hamayanis. The Rebbe spoke in a more serious tone and it seemed unusual for the Rebbe to be randomly talking about this subject. We sensed that it was a very serious. A month later, the tragic incident of Mrs. Lapine's murder occurred in Crown Heights. The Rebbe said a heart-rending sicha about her mysterious nefesh and the Kiddush Hashem that transpired in the neighborhood of Nasi Derenu. The Rebbe spoke with painful words about the fact that the Geula is still not here and the shocking fact that we could still be faced with such a devastating challenge, despite it being a high time for Mashiach to already be here. After Chav Zayin Adar, we were able to apply these words to our situation and put them in perspective. To some of us, it felt as though the Rebbe was willing to give up even on his own gezunt with Mesiris Nafesh in order to bring the Geula. The Rebbe also spoke so much about Bittol B'Shishim, nullifying all the undesirable things with 60 days of Simcha, as this year was a leap year with two months of other. In response to a certain duch, the Rebbe wrote, Increase in joy with a double measure for 60 days. I will mention this at the Tzien. A few Hasidim wrote, to the Rebbe that they started having dancing every night in 770 as per the Rebbe's answer, along with acts of Teira, Aveda, and Gemil's Chasadim. The Rebbe gave them a very encouraging answer. May it be a continuous thing and increase. I will mention this at the Tzien. The devastating blow. And then it happened. On Chafzai and other, the Rebbe took ill. Obviously, the pain and the shock were indescribable. 
Nevertheless, the nightly dancing continued. Some people thought it was inappropriate. Others thought that the Simcha itself would bring the much-needed Yeshua. I remember specifically how one Chassid brought to our attention. Many times, when there was a difficult situation in the past, the Rebbe always sought to avert it with intense Simcha, like during the Yom Kippur War or when the Rebbe had a heart attack in 5738. Now too, as difficult as it may be, the Rebbe would probably expect us to continue with the Simcha as a means to overcome this challenging situation. Of course, for us Bahrim, whose whole lives revolved around the Rebbe, this occurrence was a devastating blow. Many of the Bahrim had a hard time concentrating on their learning and instead would say to Hillam nonstop. Obviously, we knew that the right thing was to continue our learning and that this was the Rebbe, what the Rebbe wanted from us. But it was really very difficult. Our minds were preoccupied and our hearts were worried. The situation continued, but we kept strong in our Munah. The truth is that throughout this entire period, we had two contradicting feelings in our hearts. On one hand, we felt broken about the Rebbe situation and longed to see the Rebbe in his full strength again. But on the other, we knew that the Geula was literally at hand and our anticipation was only growing with time. A good illustration of these two opposing sentiments comes to mind. When I became a Chassid on 9th of Adar 5754, I was one of the last people to be Zeichet to receive the Rebbe's bracha with a nod of his holy head. My L'chaim took place a few days later, and present at the L'chaim was a family relative of ours, who was a Chassid but not a Lubavitcher. We began the evening by reciting Tehillim for the Rebbe, and this relative was surprised. You say Tehillim at night? He asked. He got two answers. Rabbi Saul Friedman, the Rosh Hashiva of Ali Torah said, Nowadays, it is dark even during the day. So when should we say Tehillim? And Rabbi Isha Springer said, Vas haste, it's Yimais HaMashiach. It's a time when we are already experiencing a taste of Laila Kayim Yar, i.e. we are already experiencing the times of Mashiach and we don't have to worry about the heavenly judgment at night. These two answered captured so well how everyone in the room was feeling. The truth is that all Hasidim felt both of these points in their hearts. I remember a Fabrengum with Rabbi Israel Friedman when he said a lot of the Chaim and he shared with us a deeper part of himself. He said, the Rebbe says it's Yemois HaMashiach, that we have already entered the time of Mashiach. I don't know exactly what that means, but one thing I am certain, that when Mashiach comes, we will only experience Lichtiketeg, days that are completely illuminated. If so, we should apply the Allah that Asr Lishan Bayim, it is forbidden to sleep during the day. If we are already in the days of Mashiach, we are not allowed to sleep anymore. Metarnit Shlafen. We really felt as if Mashiach was coming any moment. I know a certain Chassid who lived in Crown Heights, who in the winter of 5754 was invited to serve at the Sandik at the bris of his grandson overseas. He decided not to leave New York because he was so sure that the Hiskalos of Mashiach would happen while he was gone and he didn't want to miss it. The Rebbe's Instructions the Maimur Va'atetzitzave was a very Geshmaka Maimur which the Rebbe distributed. It talks about Mashiach and how we have to really want the Geula with true feelings, etc. But then, after Chavzayin Adar, it took on a whole new meaning. The Rebbe says that we can scream Ad Masai because we feel pained by the hardships of Golos, 
or we can really connect with the need for Geula. Even Metoich Harchava, even when everything seems to be going well, both Begashmias and Beruchnias. Perhaps the Rebbe was hoping to teach us to scream Ad Masai right then, while things were still relatively good, before Chavzai and Adar, but unfortunately that didn't happen. When the Rebbe received the Duch about the dissemination of the Mimer, he wrote, It should have the desired effect. What the Rebbe meant exactly, we obviously don't know. But perhaps the Rebbe was implying that it should have the desired effect and avoid the tragic occurrence of Chavzai and Adar a few days later. I want to conclude with a vart about the last Fabringen before Chavzai and Adar on Shabbos Parshas Vayakel. That week, my friend Ephraim Mintz had broken his leg and so he was not able to stand in his usual place close to the Rebbe. The responsibility of Chazara and writing up the taxer was solely on me. I stood right in front of the Rebbe, on the floor, probably on top of a little box or something. The Rebbe spoke with much more explanation than usual. It was very gishmak. The bulk of the sicha was about Ahavas Yisrael and the closeness to Mashiach's times. Amazing things. The Rebbe mentioned that we are already seeing the prelude to the ingathering of the Goliaths with mass emigration to Eretz Yisrael, something we had never heard before. In that bringing of Shabbos Parshas Fiyakel, the Rebbe said that a person has to give everything he has for the sake of Ahavas Yisrael. He quoted the Pasuk, Kol asher li'ish yitin ba'ad nafshay. Everything a person has, he should give for his soul, meaning that whatever a person has, he should give away for the sake of another Yid. And furthermore, said the Rebbe, not only whatever he possesses, but even his very nefesh itself. An interesting vart from the Rebbe Rashab comes to mind. He says that when the Alta Rebbe went to prison, he was testing his Hasidim to see if they would maintain Avas Hasidim through this difficult challenge. The Rebbe Rashab added that he looked through various svarim to see if there's a heter to do something like that. Perhaps the Rebbe was hinting that, like the Alta Rebbe, the challenges that we were about to experience, which were connected to the Rebbe himself, may also have been a way to bring out more Avas Yisrael amongst Yidin in general, and especially amongst the Hasidim. I remember how the longtime masker, Rebbe Yaman Klein, once spoke about this Fabringen after Chav Zayin Adar. In general, Rebbe Yaman was not a man of many words, but on that particular occasion, he was speaking about the Shabbos Parshas Vayakel Fabringen at great length. He said that one time, a chassid asked the Rebbe a question about what to do in a certain situation. The Rebbe responded with a clear instruction. A little while later, this chassid situation changed, and he thought that the Rebbe might change his instructions as well. So he wrote to the Rebbe again, but this time the Rebbe did not give him any written answer. On his own, the chassid decided not to follow the Rebbe's previous instruction thinking that since his situation changed, the Rebbe's instruction did not imply any more. After a while, the Rebbe asked Rebbe Yamin what was going on with this chassid, and he told the Rebbe that he had decided to act differently, not in accordance with what the Rebbe originally instructed. Hearing this, the Rebbe was very unhappy. The Rebbe explained that when I give an instruction, it should be followed. In other words, as long as the Rebbe does not give another instruction, whatever the Rebbe said previously, needs to be followed meticulously. Rebbe Yaman concluded his words. In the most recent Fabringen, the Rebbe spoke to us about two ideas, how close we are to the coming of Mashiach 
and strengthening ourselves with Ahavas Yisrael. Until we hear another instruction from the Rebbe, these remain the two most important Hayras for us to live with and implement into our daily lives. And of course, everything needs to be done with Simcha. The Rebbe very often concluded Sichas with a call to do things with Simcha. Even the Sichas of Chavches Nisan 5751 and Gimel Shvat 5752, the Rebbe concluded with the words, Metech Simcha V'tuv Levav. May Hashem help that very soon we will complete all the Avedah that we have to do and we will be reunited with the Rebbe and he will lead us out of Galos. Umetech Simcha V'tuv Levav.